My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Uh, welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. We're, I'm here with Gary Gardner of GX4 Adaptive Archery. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? My name is Gary Gardner. Like you said, my wife is Wendy Gardner. Um, I work at Pfizer in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, and that's my full-time job. And I enjoy archery. I've done it since I was a young child in 4-H and quit for several years. And my wife, Wendy, she wanted to start it. After attending a world archery event in Las Vegas, the world archery shoot there in Vegas, that thing they call it the Vegas shoot. Nice. So that's how we got started. It. Uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, non for profit. Well, we uh, like I say, Wendy, she uh, she suffered a stroke ten days after we had our first child twenty one years ago, and uh, paralyzed her on the left side. She got some mobility back in her legs, but her left arm doesn't work at all. And uh, she went with us. Our daughter wanted to start shooting archery. I think she got inspired by watching Hunger Games like a lot of kids did. And she wanted a bow for Christmas, so we got her one. She started shooting. She shot every day pretty religiously and got pretty good at it. And all of a sudden in February, I'd say middle end of January, she wanted to go to the Vegas shoot and compete. And I was like, no, after I looked it up, I was like, this is a world event. This is not something that you just go for your first time. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go as a family on a vacation and we went and watched it. And it's a interesting thing to see if you haven't ever been. And while we were there watching the event, we were watching the pros shoot. And there's a gentleman there with no arms. His name is Matt Stutzman. They call him the armless archer. Nice. Matt does this for a living. That's how he earns his living. And my wife was sitting there. She says, oh, my God, he can do this with no arms. There's no reason why we can't figure out a way that I could do this. This looks fun because it's, it's a sport for anybody. Young, old, short, tall, large, small, blind. Seeing physically capable, not physically capable, but the non-physically capable people had to have adaptations. She said, surely if they can figure out a way he can shoot with his feet, we can figure out a way I can shoot with one arm. So when we came home, we, I studied pictures online, uh, reached out to uh, MJ Rogers, who was a big resource because he's worked with adaptive archery people for years. And uh, he actually helped Matt for a long time. And uh, did a lot of research on how the equipment works for people who didn't have the same physical attributes as some of the rest of us, whether they were born that way or something may have happened in a car accident or industrial accident, anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we went and played and we adapted straps to start with. And then we started building fiberglass molds and it went from there. And We struggled to the point where there's not really many resources out there for people who have physical disabilities or limitations that would keep them from being able to shoot archery like an able-bodied person. 
So we got to thinking after the struggles we went through, wow, there needs to be a resource out there. So let's see if we can start something. So we did a, we talked about it for a while and we did a search to see if there were any nonprofits or anything out there. And when the lawyers did the search, we couldn't find anything on the East coast that particularly dealt with adaptations for the physically or physically challenged for archery. So we applied for our 501c3 status and unfortunately it was right at the beginning of COVID and it took quite a while and things were slow getting started, but we're starting to pick up pace and everything went through and we're getting several donations now. We've helped a few people, a few veterans, a few non-veterans. It's, it's, it's growing. It really is. Oh, that's good. Uh, can you uh, run me through how the uh, harness and, attachments work well every person's different that's that's really where the struggles come because no two people have the same physical disability like i say some people may be born with uh, disabilities or inabilities some people may have had like my wife had a hemorrhagic stroke some people could have had a machine accident Mm. a car accident and it could affect different parts of the body but in her case, for her not being able to use her left arm, she has weakness in her whole left side. So that constituted another problem that somebody who just, say, didn't have a, a full arm, they have all the shoulder movement. She doesn't. So it, yeah. her harness has to encapsulate her whole shoulder area and wrap around over the top and the back. And it's held in around her waist with straps and her straps run diagonal to stabilize the brace so that it doesn't move when the bow is pulling on it. And she takes and hooks onto a release system that I've mounted to the harness and that hooks to the D loop. She extends her arm and pulls the bow to release the string on the bow. We have a bite tab. that's It's very similar to like a clothespin, but I've had mm. it jetted out of aluminum and there's a shutter release cable like you would use for a camera. It's mm-hmm. 100 centimeters long, and there's an aircraft cable that runs through it that runs back over the shoulder and hooks into the trigger system. So when she bites down, it actually pulls the trigger where a normal person would use the caliper release to uh, they would use their finger to re- release the caliper release. When she bites down, it releases it. That's very interesting. I've uh, seen a video about two or three years back of a man in a uh, electric chair, you know, one of those uh, all-terrain style ones. Right. He was in his backyard and he had a similar setup where it was one-armed and literally he bit down and it sent it out. Right. You ever seen that video before? I very possibly have as much research as I did trying to make her stuff. Right. Um, so eh, when your wife, uh, had the uh, harness set up. Did you guys go to a lot more competitions then? Well, she, uh, she, we got where she could actually shoot some. We went to a 3D shoot one time because I was trying to get her out and let's do some things. And I started shooting again. And I hadn't shot in probably 15, 20 years at that point. So we both got into it. Then the kids got into it. So it was a family thing. I mean, and that, that's the nice part about archery is everybody can do it as a family and it's very fun just to get out and outdoors and do some things rather than sitting up cooped up in a home, playing on iPads, tablets, phones, 
video games. But uh, yeah, after we went to that 3D shoot, she actually walked through the woods with us. wasn't easy, but she walked through the woods. We did the 3D shoot. And the people who were there with us, they were astounded. They were, when they were walking through, they were just fabricasted that she has got this harness thing. They were asking, could they take pictures of it? Would it be, would it, would it, would she mind if they photographed it, videoed her shooting and stuff? And she was excited about it. I mean, it was, it was great. After that point, we, she got to doing some research and, to be able to compete in the USR, USA archery level with adaptive equipment, she needed to get a para classification. And para classifications can be very hard to achieve because it's, you have to reach a certain score. But you, if you don't classify as a para, you can classify to be able to use adaptive equipment, even if you don't meet the para qualifications. So that shouldn't turn people off just because you might have to use a piece of adaptive equipment because of one little thing that you maybe you can't use your hand, but everything else is fine. You yeah. use a trigger release or a bite release like she's got and shoot normally. And at those events, you could have a classification saying that you're allowed to use those adaptive adaptations and compete with a regular able body people. That's cool. Um, have you uh, had any clients that were from the outdoors industry, such as hunting or yep. bow fishing? They are, no, I don't think I've had anybody who's into bow fishing. Not that they've proclaimed. I have a gentleman coming tomorrow from about two and a half hours away. He had uh, the COVID back in March. And uh, he had to go on a ventilator. I'm not sure how long he was on a ventilator, but they put him in a medically induced coma while he was on a ventilator. And he ended up having a blood clot or something that caused him to have a stroke while he was uh, in a medically induced coma. And when he came to, he was paralyzed on his right side. And he was an avid bow hunter, uh, target archer, 3D archer, is well known in the community. And uh, we were at the local shop where he used to shoot at competing in one of the local tournaments. And he showed up and wanted, he was questioning what he had to do to try and get one of those braces. I said, you're in the right spot. That's why we're here. And he wanted to know how much it was going to cost. And I said, nothing. We do it for free. We're totally nonprofit. We're a total nonprofit group. We take no, no pay out of the nonprofit. hundred percent of it goes back into helping people. Um, and like I told him, as long as we had funds in the account, Everything's free. You know, if we don't have it, we try and raise the funds. But so far, we've been really, really blessed to have lots of donations come in. And right now, we've we've got enough we can make the brace for him at no cost. He's coming tomorrow, get his final fitting, and hopefully carry it home and get back in the swing of things and start building up some muscles to get back competitively shooting. Well, that'd be nice, especially come next fall. Yeah. And uh, I think Bo Junkie Media actually shared – the video that some of the people there had taken while he was doing his rough fitting at the, at the range that day. And it was amazing. I got to thank Bojack and media for sharing that because just by that one share, it had like over 60,000 views. And within, I'd say within 12 hours of them sharing that video, we had numerous responses 
saying that they knew people who needed equipment or they were they were people themselves that were interested in getting something from them where they had a physical disability. Um, some were just bow hunters. Some were people who used to bow hunt, hadn't done it in years since they had an accident or something. Um, some of them were actually target hunter, target shooters that wanted to get back into target archery and didn't think it was possible. But the limitations are that we're here in North Carolina and I actually had a gentleman from, I think it was Colorado responded to me. He had a nonprofit outdoorsman, uh, nonprofit that they work with people, fishing, hunting, everything. And he actually gave me a lot of great advice and I'm trying to work on partnering with maybe some airlines if I can to see if they would help come on board with us to maybe get airfare for people that were not within driving distance because they'll need to come at least twice once to have a casting made of them. So they'll have a mold to build off of. And then after I've built the brace or harness system, they can come back and get their final fitting and the straps and put on and padding so that they can take it home with them. You know, I know there was a gentleman in Pennsylvania who had a lot of interest in coming, but I think it was a little over a 10 hour ride for him and he didn't think he could do that. So that would be a great thing, you know, and, if we could just find a, a good airline or maybe, maybe another nonprofit that had uh, airline miles that they would be willing to share with us to get people what they needed as far as equipment. Yeah. I'm just going over uh, the videos that you were showcasing about how you're fitting uh, him up with the molding. and. Oh yeah. We've got a, he started that when, when he came in for his first fitting, he, he asked, was it okay if he did the uh, time-lapse photos of us, making a mold body mold of him and stuff. So I continued it on during the process of making his brace. And that's pretty interesting for people to be able to see exactly what's entailed in making one of these things. It's, it's quite a bit of labor hours in there. Oh yeah. That's a very high customized. it. Yeah. That's very customized. <laughs> very. It only fit him. Yeah. Each person has to fit their own mold basically. <laughs> and to keep them from having to be here to be fitted and checked and fitted, I make that cast of their body so that I can build off of it. And it is a basically a exact replica of their torso and oh. should fit them just like it fits a glove. Right. I know there's a lot of hunters that I've seen over the years to say, I cannot uh, continue hunting with my bow. I got to switch over to crossbow because uh, you know, my shoulder gave out, my arm gave out. And right. This could definitely increase uh, the longevity of hunters in general. Yes. And we're, I'm working on a, another brace where the one that we're making that you see in the videos is fiberglass. It is more precise than what a bow hunter would probably have to have way more detailed than what they would need for bow hunting. Yeah. You want to get an accurate shot, but this brace that we're making like this is more for target archery because any little movement and you're shooting 50 meters at the size of a dime, you're trying to put everything in that spot, deer hunting or duck hunt or, or excuse me, turkey hunting or deer hunting or something with a bow. Yeah. You got a quite bigger, a little bit bigger target than a dime. But and it would be more comfortable to have something that's not so rigid that they could climb up in a tree stand and be able to get their harness, their fall harness on more comfortably 
and not have to worry about something big and bulky. Yeah. Be able to customize it with uh, colors of their own choosing right. and everything. I think he. I think this one I've got. He's picking up tomorrow. He wants to paint it red and put Hoyt put a Hoyt decal on it. That's what I do. Oh, that's nice. Um, what's your uh, goals for the future? Continue to grow and help as many people as we can. I mean, just the turnout of people that reached out to us last since last Sunday. Uh, is it was it was pretty big. It was, like I say, just the power of somebody sharing a video. It, it's amazing. I had a gentleman from uh, Oregon reached out to me. Uh, he had a gunshot wound in his left arm back in September, and here it is. What December? Mm-hmm. He's already wanting to get back into hunting. I said he may be rushing this just a little bit too much. His elbow's completely gone. Uh, he sent me photos, and they're pretty gruesome. A six point five Creedmoor round went through his elbow, and ouch! Took out the radial radius, the, the humerus, the radius, the humerus radius, and the ulna bones, and the elbow's gone. Wow! And uh, he said, I think the doctors told him that he could have a total a total elbow replacement, but he would only be able to lift five pounds the rest of his life. And he he decided against that. He's going to continue to go through therapy like he is. He said he can bend. I think he said he could be in pot, uh, 85 degrees at this time. And it's just recent. So he's doing really well. But he oh. gave him a lot of insight. I told him, I said, I mean, you're in Oregon. I said, it's, that's all the way across the country from us. But I said, he had a lot of, just speaking with him, he had a lot of background where I believe he could make it himself, especially if somebody helped him. So I told him how to make the casting and uh, what we used. I sent him a list of materials like we used to make the casting molds and and uh, how to fiberglass it and gave him some good ideas on how he probably could make him an artificial elbow uh, prosthetic himself just to be able to support the weight of the bow pushing back without an elbow. And he was excited. I think he's, he's really ready to get back into it. But like I say, I think it may have been a little bit too early. Yeah. I'd say, what'd you say? It was two months. It was, he said it happened in September. And so that's pretty, that's yeah, pretty that's fast. Pretty, yeah. That's about three months ago. Uh, That'd be a season ender for me, for certain. <laughs> but yeah, I usually just uh, bow hunt on my uh, mom and stepdad's property, and I use a crossbow for mine, but I'd like to get in conventional. Right. <laughs> Maybe not like uh, what he's talking about. Well, I know a lot of people have to go to crossbows. I don't see a problem with it. I mean, a lot of people really love hunting with crossbows, just like hunting with a rifle. I take it more to hunting with a muzzle loader, essentially, because you only have one shot. One by, shot. The time, yep. by the time you get that reloaded, oh, it's a you're, yeah. yeah, you're pretty well done. I, my big, my deer that I took this year, he came out after a doe, and I popped him. And he took off into the woods and she came back and I was debating on whether or not to load up again. And then I heard a crash. And by that time he was already, uh, she was already gone. So they are both efficient and slow. (laughs) Yeah. But hopefully in the future we'll be able to continue to grow. Hopefully I can find where we can get some grants to uh, maybe get a building built so I can stop working into my wife's sewing room. It's not in a good shape right now. Grinding fiberglass and plaster is it's everywhere in there. 
I think yeah. I'm too happy about that right now. But we we had to do an extensive cleaning when we get through this brace. I think I've I'm, done. Uh, I think I'm uh, getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done uh, cosmetic grinding on steel. I know how much d- dust creates. So hopefully we can find somebody that got a nice donation where we can help get maybe get a building built. Possibly have a nice indoor range where people could get comfortably inside in the inclement weather and practice with their braces. Actually, come and shoot, have league nights or something. Oh, that's nice, actually. But that's very nice. That's long term down the road. So, yeah, uh, as long as we can keep getting the donations in and people keep coming. And like I say, just a huge thing to overcome our obstacle is getting people here. For the fittings, like I say, I'm 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 working on trying to see if I can find an airline to partner with us, where maybe they could donate, you know, uh, two airline tickets per person. And if it's ten people a year, it shouldn't be a huge expense. I mean, I wouldn't think you figure ten people, two trips, twenty tickets, three hundred bucks average, maybe. So, uh, how many people do you think that you? Or not? How many people do you think? How many uh, customers do you have currently? Currently? Uh, completed or not completed? Uh, one is not completed at the moment. He's coming tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll finish him up. The others, I've got uh, one in Texas that I've sent some equipment to, uh, one in Virginia. The one in Texas was a veteran. I think the one in Virginia was also a veteran. All of them have been, I just got created. All of them so far have been veterans itself for the one I'm helping tomorrow i don't think he's been a veteran but we don't discriminate veteran or not you know there's a lot of resources out there for the veterans but there's there's not as many resources for the non-veterans but we're here to to support whoever and whatever way we can that's nice um uh who's been doing the backpacks that you i'm still looking at that would be my wife wendy oh one-handed wonder. They look beautiful. She spends. She enjoys getting out there and doing, sewing and doing that stuff. Uh, she's had a few times where she sewed something on backwards and had to rip it off and go back and put it on. <laughs> That's not the fun part, then. But she really enjoys getting out there and doing that stuff. Those are very versatile looking too. Seeing several of them look like they're pouches. Others are backpacks and. Yeah, she, I think she's made one that's sort of like a water bottle carabine, uh, 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 crossbody pouch where you can put water bottles and stuff in. That's good. She, she decided to give some away to some of her fellow archers. Um, she's raffled some off, sold some, and all the proceeds, proceeds she puts right back into their nonprofit. It was it was basically supported by us totally to start with, and we had a lot of friends and family started doing donations. We wrapped just a few raffles, 50-50 drawings. We had one that was pretty interesting. We took a target face and, and printed a target face on the front of a piece of paper that had 100 squares on the back of it, and the numbers were random on the back of the page. So we sold the numbers, and you couldn't see those numbers, and we put it on a target and let her shoot one arrow at it. And where the arrow hit, you flipped it over, and the number that, that that the arrow hit, they won half the money, and the nonprofit got to keep the other half. Made it interesting, rather than drawing a ticket out of a bucket. Oh yeah, that's that actually sounds <laughs> pretty cool. Um, 
how much does it overall cost on average to build one a custom one of these? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I would say probably roughly twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars to build one. Nice. And that would be complete with the uh, with a B three caliper release, with the cable system, and a bike tab. Or if they didn't need the bike tab, if they need a uh, if they could use their hand but just not use their arm, could put something like a clutch cable in it where they could still actuate it with their other hand, even though they couldn't move their arm. Where they could actually do a squeeze grip. Well, uh, thank you for coming on, and I uh, uh, hope to talk to you in the future. I'll, why don't you tell everybody again your Instagram handle and where they can reach you? GX4 Adaptive Archery. We've got a website, it's gx4adaptiveartery.com. We're on Facebook, GX4 Adaptive Archery, and we're on Instagram and uh, YouTube. We usually keep Facebook and Instagram up to date more than anything else because that's where most people are at. And we try and update the website as often as possible. We've got donate buttons on them. Uh, I think there's actually a, we've, we started something new and it worked out pretty good. We've got a Amazon account where you can, I'm sorry, say that again. It's a wish list on Amazon. I'm sorry. And that's pretty interesting. I can put my, some of my materials that I use, like the fiberglass and the resins and mixing cups and different items that we use that we make the castings with on there. And if people, some people are, you know, a little concerned about donating money and stuff to nonprofits, if they're not sure of, these are items that we actually use that they could just go and buy on Amazon. And it worked pretty good. We got a shipment in day before uh, Saturday, I believe. And it was some uh, fiberglass some cups, uh, several items. So it helps a lot. I mean, every little thing helps people will be surprised. Just imagine that, that one, when Bo Junkie shared that video and it's been viewed 67,000 times. If every person donated a dollar. Oh yeah. That was, even, I mean, <laughs> even a dollar dollar per person, person 67,000. That, that would go a long ways to helping people. Surely oh, yeah. $3,000 a, a pop on it. Whew. So I hope yeah, it's going to continue to grow and the word to get out. I hope the word didn't get out too fast before we can get the funds to help everybody that needs to be helped. But that's why we're there for do whatever we can to help them. And hopefully we'll get some more partners on board. Maybe, like I say, I'm, I'm working, trying to find some airlines that'll maybe partner with us and, Help us with some airline tickets or something to get people here, or maybe um, I've also been told that some other nonprofits uh, may have airline miles donated to them that they could share with us to get people in. You know, I'm I'm learning. I'm learning. We're all still new at this, and I'm trying to learn the the nonprofit side of it as much as I am doing all the fiberglass work and the physical attributes of making the equipment. So it's a, it's a struggle. That's more of a struggle for me to figure out how to fix the equipment for somebody. Right. Well, I hope that everything works out for you, and I'll be definitely sharing your stories from here on out. So. All right. We we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. <laughs>